All right, Brian, let's let's cast this pod here. Welcome to episode 381 of the Design Details podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. How you doing, Brian? Good. You know, coming off an interview last week with Priyanka. Yeah. It was nice to, uh, you know, get the first interview done in 2021. Mm-hmm. And we got to start thinking about who else we want to talk to this year. So yeah. no interview, but we got good stuff. Before we get into it, we got new supporters this week. We do. You know, Marshall, every week... I pull up our list. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> more people, people are subscribing and yeah. it feels amazing. Like, okay, we can keep going. We can keep doing this. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who supported the show this week. Seriously, everybody. Well, specifically, shout outs to Kyle Conrad, Julia Wu, Eli Horn, Carton Kennedy, first name, last name. Perfect. I love, <laughs> love it. it. Try Win, Avni Levy, Kelly, Natalie Crick. I think this is pronounced Pang Jung and Mei Chen. You know, I uh, I tend to use first name, last name as a lorem ipsum username placeholder, but like no. all together, like first name, all one word, <laughs> last name, all one word, because it's really long, right? That's true. Um, so it's a good it's a good lorem ipsum placeholder for a username. I just I can't do lorem ipsums because it do, the the shape of letters doesn't look like the shape of words. It's like the screen feels wrong, right? Mm. Like it never quite gets the cadence, at least of of English words. I should be more specific. So like <laughs> if I had first it's like name, great Latin to be honest, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect Latin. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Thank you everyone for supporting the show. Yeah. If you did not know already by now, this is a listener supported podcast. Uh, this show is possible specifically because listeners from all around the world chip in a little bit every month so that we can pay for all of our software, hardware, and the time that it takes every week to put the show together. If you've been enjoying the show, or even if this is your first time listening and you want to contribute, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash design details. When you sign up, you will get access to a new supporter-only segment of the show called The Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. And consider it like an extra half of the episode, usually. We'll answer an extra listener question, we'll share a design story, we'll share a cool tip or trick, just extra content. So full episodes of design details for supporters when you sign up at patreon.com slash design details and it starts at just a dollar a month we want this to be as accessible and affordable as possible and hope that as many people will join in and and be a part of the supporter community and and want to listen to the sidebar so uh so yes you know it's funny brian is uh, sometimes when you do the little patreon pitch you say you know even if it's your first time listening and i and i sit here and i think to myself like at this point in the podcast, they haven't heard the sidebar, even though we've already done it because it's it's cut out because it's not part of the main show, the free show. So at this point, all they've heard is like the intro, the music, us reading a bunch of supporters and then saying, hey, you want to give us a book? Like, you, know, oh. <laughs> you, you got a lot oh, of value yeah. out of this episode. I know it's your first time listening. We haven't told you anything useful yet, but hey, give us some mm. money. Yeah, not a great first time onboarding experience, yeah, sure. but we can just say <laughs> we promise there was something useful there. So yeah. for example, today Marshall did a deep dive into his home office setup where 
uses status lights to communicate the operating mode of the office to make it easier to communicate with his partner. So we'll have links to all those resources and tools and Marshall walks through his setup. And, you know, in the past we've, we've done extra listener questions or shared design tips. So if all that sounds interesting, head to patreon.com slash design details and consider supporting us. We really appreciate everyone who's supported us this week and has been supporting us for uh, months at this point. So yeah. thank you everyone. It's really nice. Yeah. Anywho. We don't have any follow-up today, and we don't have any tweets either, so let's just get straight into the main topico, which is a listener question, Brian. This week's listener question comes from Jessica Perelman on our GitHub, which is at github.com slash design details slash design details, both of them apparently. You can leave your own question there if you'd like to. She asks... How do you deal with random and out-of-scope ideas from stakeholders? Ah, oh, Brian. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She specifies and says, This happens to me all the time. We're in the middle of a project. We have already established goals and boundaries and scope and all that, and we're deciding between several potential solutions to explore further. And then it happens. Someone, usually someone higher up, starts to come up with ideas. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what if we do this? Wouldn't it be uh-huh. cool if we did this? I just thought of something. I think we should do this. I have a brilliant idea, or at least I think it's brilliant. Some of these ideas are not bad at all. The problem is that sometimes they are not relevant to the current project and are out of scope. I really struggle with this. I can't just ignore them. I've tried to say something like, absolutely, let's capture that idea somewhere, but it does not quite fit into the scope of this project. Sometimes this works, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they start arguing and questioning the priorities of the scope of the project, and they get defensive and more passionate about their own idea. And sometimes I feel like I may come across as a snub. What do I need to do to prevent this from happening or manage the situation better when it does come up? Boy, oh boy, Brian, what a good question. Let's just maybe get this out on the table. This problem will probably never go away until the end of time. Yeah. Also, um, full disclosure, I am guilty of this myself. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you are the higher up that says, oh, but what if we did this? Wouldn't it, wouldn't would it be, be cool, cool if, if, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Yes, Marshall, that would be cool. But yeah. anyways, this will never go away. You probably will become guilty of it in the future if you haven't already. But yeah. let's talk about how to, how to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, for me, like the, the reality is that in, in software, for the most part, anything and everything is possible. Like when people say, what if we did this? Wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Like all of that stuff is possible. Yeah. And the answer is, yeah, it would be cool if we did that. Yep. But of course you can't do everything. And so, and also cool is not necessarily the metric by which you should be judging what you do. But yeah. Yeah. But all of this goes to the tweet or, or saying that you have to get really good at saying no. And it, mm-hmm. this is what that kind of message is referring to. Like there are so many cool things that you could be doing at any given point with your time or or with your resources. And if you just pursue everything, you're pulling yourself in a hundred different directions. And so the art of building good products is the art of learning what to say no to, I think. Yeah. And so, okay, well, how do you know what to say no to, <laughs> yes. right? Like then it becomes, okay, how do I actually tell what's a good idea and what's a bad idea? And I, I wish I had a clear answer for this. I feel well, Jessica has a pretty good start here, right? Where she says, let's capture that idea somewhere, but it does not mm. quite fit into the scope of this project. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like maybe this says something about, I don't know, having the time or, or specific phase of the project where you invite these higher ups. Like, 
I don't know. It's so funny because you are one of these higher ups, Marshall. But like, mm. basically creating space to stroke their ego, where it's like, okay, we know you're going to have ideas. Let's set up a one hour meeting before we've kicked off the project. Come in and tell us what you think we should do. Like, let's just hear it all, and then I'm going to go away and sort of refine it and, and cut it away. But then at that point, you will have felt like you've contributed to the process, as opposed to you know a higher up, a, a leader in a company seeing something that's already being built, maybe coming close to being finished, and they're like, oh, shit, I don't have my fingerprint on that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, maybe there's egos at play here that yeah. you could, and when there's egos, you can cater to that. You can play a little politics here, just make people feel like they're part of the process early on. Might carve out some space, right? Yeah, usually, I don't know, I hope it's not ego. Usually I just have a what I think is a cool idea or something that I think other people might think would be cool, and I have very little filter <laughs> when it comes to like spouting out ideas at work because I, I work in a very receptive environment to that type of thing. But I also do get told like, Hey, this is a launch review. Shut up on the design feedback. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, okay. okay. So make space and time for that kind of feedback. And th then of course there's a process of actually deciding what makes sense or not. And there's no magic solution here for me, but if you can apply the suggestions to some framework like is this contributing to the problem that we have established that is you know for this sprint like we're solving this specific problem and the suggestion does not actually aid in solving that problem so no or we want this kind of outcome or we measure success by this kind of outcome will this suggestion change that outcome significantly yeah yes or no that could be sort of a, a heuristic for whether the thing is is worth pursuing or not Mm -hmm. And significantly, I think is an important word there of like, yeah, it might change the outcome by a little bit, but is it, is the impact proportionate to the amount of work it will take? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is just a frustrating point of view, but I feel like half the battle here is just doing this over and over and over again and building up a couple things. One is a reputation for making good decisions. <laughs> yeah. Like if you say no enough times to certain things that were bad ideas and say yes enough times to things that turned out to be good ideas, mm -hmm. you will build your reputation, you will establish yourself as a person who has good judgment. And the more you can do that, it will actually continue to actually refine your ability to do it better. So hopefully it's like this compounding upwards curve of just positive decision-making loops, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know, it just takes time. Right, yeah. And practice and repetition, Without that, without time and, and repetition, you know, one thing we wrote down is defer to no more often and like building that as part of the culture of the team. Like we are going to keep things as simple as possible so that we can build to scope faster or at the very least like accumulating these additional ideas and extra input into a secondary separately scoped sprint or something. Mm -hmm. But scope creep is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, what's unfortunate about a lot of these things is that this is the first type of stuff that gets cut is like the cool things, like the delight yeah. or the animations yeah. or whatever. Like that's usually the first thing to die on the timeline of like, well, it needs to work and not break. And that's far more important than it being cool. So, you know, I've been on countless projects where it could have been cooler, but it would have pushed back the ship time. And the amount of effort would have been not worth yeah. it for the for the amount of impact. And, you know, it, it's good that we didn't do it. We've become really, really strict about what we consider P0s on our team. Or at least I think we're getting to that point where we're more and more strict. 
where a P0 is essentially the thing does not work if it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And anything else after that is like a P3, basically. <laughs> um, which does suck because then that gets into like, yeah, well, what about the animations or, or interaction design or like we'd redesigned a cool login screen for the GitHub app. It's like, well, we just don't need it. Like it's not going to move outcomes at all, but it'd be cool. So that means it's a no. You know, like we just have this sort of logic check, this progression of checks where it's like, yeah, be cool, won't move numbers, (laughs) therefore it fits into the no bucket. Like if you can automate that decision-making process, it it does remove some of the stress and frustration of mm-hmm. it. And the blame, right? It's like, yeah, it's not me saying no, it's this process we've set up saying no. It's this framework that I invented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully you invented yeah. with multiple people. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I guess maybe the TLDR here would be capture good ideas in the moment and foster an environment that allows those good ideas to be spoken without hesitation in the moment but also foster a culture where people recognize that there are specific times and places for going wild in a brainstorm and that release valve can be opened at certain times, but there are other times where the strictness of the scope needs to be respected. Is that fair? Yeah, I think totally fair. And then after that, it's just practice, like getting better at making good decisions, building up your own sense of judgment, which feeds into reputation, which feeds into people just trusting your your call more and more. So give it time. The problem probably will never go away, but give it time. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you are doing the right things so far. Like the coping mechanisms you've developed for yourself, Jessica, are very healthy, I think. Yeah. And if people get defensive and like get really passionate about their idea, you know, one thing that we've always said on the show is like try to move out of opinion land into something a little bit more truth-based. Like, can you show that person some data or can you show them some user research conversations like pull quotes, right? From, mm-hmm. from something a user said where just remind them of the real important problem, the the thing that you're trying to accomplish and like shifting the conversation out of excitement and passion into something a little more grounded in reality. Ugh, I can't believe that we've just described how to like kill fun and exciting ideas, i know i know it's like but but capture it but capture it like make yeah, yeah. Sure write it's, it, like, write it's, down, write it it's written down um maybe take a few minutes to like go down that oh. path for a little bit yeah well, i have something constructive to add actually oh, good, good, good. so all right, okay, right. okay we we do have this problem all the time and one thing that we're trying i gotta say this is very early days so maybe we can follow up here but the way we're doing this at github is at the end of every sprint we tack on either one or two weeks depending on the length of the sprint so if it's like a short project, we we just by default add on an extra week. And that week is for design and engineering to do whatever the hell they want. Oh. It can be related to the sprint that they just did. It could be fixing bugs. But that period is where we're saying, look, if we have these cool extra ideas that aren't P0s, that's the week to get it done. The little extra animation, the little interaction design, it's not part of scope. We will ship with or without you know that extra week. But that's the time to do it. Um, so it's that. on the calendar, but we're just kicking that off. Obviously, we're recording this January 17th. So we're kind of just getting into our first sprints of the year. So I'll follow up. But that was the idea for us is like we were tired of saying no to so many cool ideas or or shipping things without the cool ideas. And we felt like, yeah, we shipped it, but it's boring. So we're just trying to bake it into the actual calendar process now that engineers get a free week basically to just go nuts after each of their sprints i love it that's great we'll see how it goes yeah <laughs> who knows keep us updated 
All right. All right. Well, let's do some cool things, Brian. You you got a cool thing for us? Marshall, not only do I have a cool thing for you. Yeah. But I have two cool things for you. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Taking a note from Priyanka from last episode. Okay, I see. Yeah. I'm going to cheat. I mean, I could save one of these for next week, but maybe I'll regret it next week. But anyways, I'm going to do two. You know, I'm going to do two, two. All right. Yeah, fair is fair. Takes two to tango. Okay. Go ahead, do your two. I'll do two. Okay, well, you're going to get bonus points because one of my cool things was your suggestion. So, Marshall, I just finished reading And Then There Were None, a mystery Mm -hmm. novel by Agatha Christie. The Great. And also watching the television adaptation that came out in 2015, Mm -hmm. three-episode miniseries by the same name. Yep. Fantastic. BBC. Okay, how do I pitch this as a cool thing? Uh, if you like whodunits, if you like murder mysteries, if you like short novels where there is trickery and cleverness and murder. If you liked uh, Clue, if you liked Knives Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, then you will love And Then There Were None. In fact, the reason Marshall recommended this to me is because last week I rewatched Knives Out, probably for like my fifth time. I texted Marshall, man, I love this movie. And then we went on this whole text train of like, what are the other best whodunits out there. Mm-hmm. And I had just finished reading that, I think, yeah. Yeah. Book, phenomenal. Television show, pretty good. Pretty good. I like Nine, the book 90, better, 95% good, yeah. A relatively faithful adaptation. It's modern mm-hmm, twist, mm-hmm. but yeah. Okay, that's first cool thing. Second cool thing, Marshall, you're into Marvel, right? Like Marvel? Yeah. MCU? Yeah, yeah. Especially the MCU, yeah. Have you watched WandaVision yet? Not yet. No, I haven't, but I plan to. Okay. This is why I could have done this one next week, because episode three will be out next week. Right. Only it's the not first even out right now. complete yet, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, two out of nine are released right now. I'm, I'm waiting for it to be done, and then I'll watch it. I'll binge oh. it. Dude, you should, you should watch week by week with me. We'd have fun conversations each week. Okay. Uh, I can do that, too. Okay, so... I watched the first two episodes of WandaVision last night, and man, it's fucking weird. Like, (laughs) Marvel's never made anything like this, but I'm kind of into it on a couple levels. It's, uh, so the first two episodes are filmed in the style of like a 60s sitcom. So it's all black and white. It's like really corny jokes, Mm -hmm. flat camera angles. I love Lucy, basically. Yes, exactly like that. Yeah. Except you can tell there's something slightly wrong. Like something doesn't quite feel right. And there's these moments where things don't quite feel right. And it and the the camera work is very clever. Like the style of camera movement will change when things are not quite right hmm. in this world that's being created. Okay. But then it'll sort of snap back to like sitcom mm. mode. Like there's a glitch in the matrix kind of a thing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So anyways, I I watched the first two and then I had to go out and do a bunch of research about phase four and what's coming. But anyways, they said that the first three episodes of WandaVision will kind of be like this, like in the sitcom-y style, Mm -hmm. and then it will change into something else. So I'm very excited. I don't know. This is the phase four kickoff, right? Like this is the first thing because all the stuff in 2020 got delayed. So yeah. Cool. If you like Marvel, uh, WandaVision is on Disney Plus. All right. Yeah, I've I've seen lots of you know screen grabs or whatever of it, and I I saw that whole I Love Lucy thing, and I was yeah. like, this is yeah. kind of weird, but I don't know. I'm I'm ready for some weirdness. Bring it on. Okay. Watch them and let me know what you think. Cool. Cool things, Brian. All right. Well, All right. Uh, your turn. I'll, I'll do a quick like follow up cool thing. So and it ties into my other cool thing. Two for the price of one. So a while ago in episode three sixty one. I recommended Robert Parker, some like outrun mm. style mm-hmm. music, right? Mm-hmm. 
And if you're into that, check this out. So uh, this is kind of old, but Kavinsky. Brian, are you familiar with Kavinsky? Yes, I know Kavinsky. Yeah. yeah. So the album Outrun and basically anything by Kavinsky is in that same realm. Okay. So that's my first cool thing. But the real cool thing that I was going to say today is in a similar vein, it is a, I guess maybe the best way to describe it, this sounds negative, but it's kind of like if you went to the dentist in the late 80s, <laughs> the music that would be playing in the background. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like 80s elevator music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, if you had shown this music to me like in the late 90s, early 2000s, I would have fucking hated it, Brian. But I don't know. I've, I've grown an appreciation <laughs> for the 80s lately, uh-huh. and um, I'm really enjoying this. So the name of the album is Night Candy. It's by a guy named Matty McGuire, M-A-T-T-I-E. McGuire, link in the show notes. Um, it's got a SoundCloud. But uh, yeah, it's like electric guitars and I don't know, it's just fucking late 80s-tastic, man. It is, it is very good background music to listen to while you're designing, I've found. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it, specific taste. Check it out, see if you like it. There's synth keys and like electric guitars and stuff. But yeah, Maddie McGuire, Night Candy. And it, just look at the cover art of the album and you'll know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, music, music shows in a book. Yeah. This is a, a high culture episode. Covering every base, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Amazing. All right. Well, this has been episode 381. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought. We're on Twitter always at Design Details FM. You can ask your own question by going to our GitHub repo at github.com slash design details slash design details. <laughs> Tweet at us and hit us with some feedback or or future episode ideas. We're always happy to hear from you. And of course, if you did enjoy today's episode and aren't supporting us yet, uh, please consider supporting us. You can do that directly by going to patreon.com slash design details. Starting at just a dollar a month, you get access to a new supporter-only segment of the show called The Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. Sidebar is like an extra half of the episode. So if you want to hear full episodes of design details, that's at patreon.com slash design details thank you and thanks to all the new uh vips this week it's awesome yeah all right that's it we'll catch you next week bye Ten little soldier boys went out to die. One choked his little self, and then there were nine. Nine little soldier boys sat up very late. One overslept himself, and then there were eight. Eight little soldier boys traveling in Devon. One said he'd stay there, and then there were seven. Seven little soldier boys chopping up sticks. One chopped himself in halves, and then there were six. Six little soldier boys playing with a hive. A bumblebee stung one, and then there were five. Five little soldier boys going in for law. One got into chancery, and then there were four. Four little soldier boys going out to sea. A red herring swallowed one, and then there were three. Three little soldier boys walking in the zoo. A big bear hugged one, and then there were two. 
two little soldier boys playing with a gun. One shot the other, and then there was one. One little soldier boy left all alone. He went out and hanged himself, and then there were none. Dude, that was fucking amazing. I gotta say, that was outstanding. I had no idea if I could hold the, I think the accent slightly more. I don't care, man. That was so good. That was so good. Thank you. Holy shit, I'm sweating. That took so much concentration. How do people act, man? How do people act, honestly? Uh,